good morning uh, thank you for having me again for those of you who don't know me my name is Courtney Clark we've been a part of the church for almost six years now and um, I've got two kids my husband Brian when we're in the building does all of the media and sound stuff so I'm gonna pray and then we'll just go ahead and get started God um, just thank you for this opportunity and um, just um, I just pray that someone finds some peace in this today. Um, like I found peace in it. In your first name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had a sermon written um, and I just couldn't bring myself to record it. Not because it's not good or because it's not something important to say. It just didn't feel right. Not right now. So <laughs> I'm just going to be open and honest with you and kind of tell you what's been going on with me. I don't know that it's really anything profound that I have to say, um, but I've kind of been through this journey and I, I want to share it with you. I think most of you know that in May of 2020, I had COVID. And since then, I've been having several health issues that were seemingly unexplained. Um, I've just been utterly exhausted. I've had migraines and I've struggled with just this overwhelming anxiety about what's going on inside my body and all mostly in isolation because of the COVID restrictions and it's been utterly difficult. The last time I got to speak with you, I shared a little bit about this journey that I'm on. It's like a deep dive into deconstruction and I'm definitely still in the trenches of that. But since I got sick, I've questioned at best the goodness of God and in my darkest questions, the existence of God really altogether. My life has been wholly dedicated to God and this purpose of sharing and showing his love. It's not something I can easily just let go of, but still those doubts are there and they're oftentimes terrifying. Just this week, I was deep in the, if God is real, that being just does not care about me. Um, maybe this exists, but is on a much larger scale than caring about my health or what part of life I'm in. Um, if it did, I wouldn't be feeling this way. I wouldn't be suffering so much. And I used to, with being sick, I've had several people tell me, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And I used to love prayer. And this is something I definitely would have been fervently praying for. And I've just been a basket case of worry instead of refusing to pray because I didn't want to be disappointed. I've known God isn't a genie and you just pray and ta-da, it's all gone. My worries disappear. Everything's better. I'm healed and, you know, perfectly fine. But I spent so many years praying and then simultaneously hiding from my own emotions that undoing the message feels almost impossible. I still vividly remember a sermon on prayer as a storehouse. There's rows and rows and rows of shelves with everything we could possibly need on these shelves. And we go in with our list and we have our list and we read our list off and we are handed everything and we pay with the currency of faith. And then we just have what we need and we leave and, and go about our life. And, and now I know that obviously this is not how it works. It's it just seems crazy to me that I ever believed this, but I did. I truly believed it. And so rather than pray and reinforce my own doubts, just kind of like one of those self-fulfilling prophecies things, I opted to just forego prayer altogether through this, through all this. Um, but this week I uh, met with a doctor that was able to help me find some answers um, and just sat with me and walked me through what's going on in my body and how I can find healing and set up a plan to feel better, hopefully in the very, very near future. Um, so 
I mean, it was some, the issues were exacerbated by COVID, but that's not the problem. So I have um, endometriosis actually. And then you add the long-term fatigue from having COVID and it just, mm, there's this vicious cycle and everything's just getting worse and worse and worse. And so it's actually pretty severe. Um, and I'll meeting with this doctor who's just so patient with me and kind and just gave me hope that I could feel better and soon and I'm gonna have surgery probably this week or next week and um he just sat there and kind of reassured me that these things that I've been worried about these things that have been concerning me like my back-to-back -back pregnancies that seem to do so much damage to my physical body actually ended up saving me from irreversible damage um and having to have a full pelvic replacement while my second pregnancy was difficult and wreaked havoc on my body the increase in hormones actually helped save me from what may have ended up in a lot more serious surgery in my 20s <laughs> so this felt so validating the conversation made me realize how much fear and resentment i was harboring toward my own body for being um, unable to keep both myself and my baby safe from harm during my pregnancy and as you know, we both made it out okay. Haley's one and a half now, and she's abundantly healthy. Um, we've been able to return somewhat to normal life with the COVID restrictions intact. Um, but she's one and a half, and I still have pain and pelvic issues. Um, I've been in physical therapy. I've sought several opinions. Everyone seems to kind of say the same thing. This is just something you're going to have to live with. So getting, like I said before, getting COVID um, made everything worse and just kind of expanded the problem. And I never fully recovered. So this appointment gave me kind of some hope that I needed. And it was hope um, that maybe, just maybe, um, God hasn't totally abandoned me. And I know that it's the doctor that's working with me. and But I just, I was totally hopeless in my situation and myself and in my life and my family. Being able to keep everyone safe and healthy that it just felt like. God had abandoned us and just having just like that teeny tiny ounce of hope come back was maybe, maybe just maybe it's not all going to be this way forever. Um, and this whole situation made me think about, um, Philippians four, six and seven, and which has been used as a, a really a tool of spiritual bypassing throughout my youth. It's everything happens for a reason. You should be so thankful for the opportunity God has given you to grow. Anxiety is a sin because you're in complete control of your thoughts and you should pray instead of worry. Obviously, these people have never struggled with anxiety because they're called intrusive thoughts for a reason. <laughs> but I still really just couldn't shake this verse. It just kept playing over and over in my head. So what does it mean if it doesn't mean pretend like everything's fine because you prayed about it? Um, partly, I think reading this verse sounds good when someone's struggling. Um, I did my part. I prayed for them. I prayed for the situation. It's fine. It's over. But this verse doesn't say give thanks for your struggles it says give it says with thanksgiving let your requests be made known and so there's an entire book named lamentations even jesus lamented i don't think god is wanting us to bypass and pretend like everything's fine when we're not there's scriptures full of pain and suffering throughout the bible so it's by no means saying pretend like your struggles are good and be thankful for the ability to grow it's saying shape your worries instead of running on the hamster wheel of fear Bring it to prayer and be mindful of it, of, of your thoughts and the intrusiveness. You can't control what thoughts come into your head, but you can control what you do with them and how they affect you. This message, the message version, uh, excuse me, does a good job of translating this in a way that makes it a little more relatable. Uh, the first part says, don't fret or worry. 
Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer, letting God know your concerns. To me, this sounds a lot more like mindfulness and a lot less like God is a genie with this storehouse of shelves upon shelves of whatever we may need, who will take your pain and just turn it to joy and be good for you and blah, blah, blah. So mindfulness kind of teaches you to stay with your anxious thoughts without analyzing, suppressing, um, or encouraging them on that hamster wheel. So when we acknowledge our worries, difficult thoughts and emotions, um, it often helps kind of them to dissipate when we're, we acknowledge like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's in my head. It takes away a little bit of that power. And by doing this, we're allowing space to figure out what's causing the concern and safely explore that and do kind of a deep dive into it. So essentially we're separating ourselves from our anxious thoughts. And this idea of mindfulness is a process of learning to trust and stay with your discomfort rather than just escape it, pretend like it's not there or that it's doing some good for you. This verse being used as toxic positivity is the total opposite of its original intention. And I think our writer here intended to bring prayer in as a form of mindfulness. Instead of sitting in your anxious thoughts, running on this hamster wheel, trying to escape, you separate yourself from them, learn from them by praying through it, not to make it into something else, not to erase it, but to trust yourself and know that your emotions, no matter how uncomfortable, have a purpose and are there actually to help teach and protect you. The message verses praises the message version phrase phrases um, verse seven as this before you know it a sense of God's wholeness everything coming together for good will come and settle you down it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life prayer isn't about the thing and it's not even necessarily about God prayer is about us. It's to help us process, to help us find peace, and to bring a sense of understanding into our own thoughts, much like mindfulness does. Um, and God's not a genie, like I said, with that storehouse. And prayer isn't this magic that we have to have enough faith for it to just like happen. We can't look at a rock and say, move, like we're Luke Skywalker or something. Um, whatever you say isn't going to just come true. It's magic in that it helps us face whatever we come up against by equipping us with peace and hope. The hope I got this week that drove me into hoping that maybe, maybe just maybe one day everything will be better again, or at least be different. Right now, things are terrifying. Um, I'm scheduled for surgery. My mother-in-law actually had to move in with us to take care of the kids because I'm just in so much pain and just unable to really function and do life like normal. <laughs> um, it feels like the world is literally falling apart around us with COVID and just all of the other things that are happening in the world and in our country, it's terrifying and it's uncertain. Um, with all of it, I've just been inclined to not pray because I didn't want to get my hopes up that things would change, only be disappointed in the end. Now I realize hope isn't expecting things to change to be a certain way. It's this peace that you receive that it won't be this way forever. That yes, I can lament and I can be sad and I can grieve and I can be terrified. But through this process of mindful, mindfulness and prayer, I can find peace and know that, yes, it's terrifying right now. Yes, it's hard. Yes, I feel like crap right now. But it won't be this way forever. And I don't think God expects us to find good in everything. Really, the best we can do is hope that it just won't be this way forever. Maybe one day we can look back and find the good, see why all of it happened the way that it did. But it's also possible there 
isn't really a reason for any of it. I don't know that God is this puppet master up there directing every second of every life with a specific outcome in mind. Maybe things just happen because life is complicated and it's not all black and white. Prayer really is supposed to be open-ended. There will always be things that we don't understand. Things that are painful. Even, like I said, even Jesus lamented. There doesn't have to always be an end or a conclusion. Your hard thing doesn't have to have a reason. You don't have to find the positivity in everything. You can suffer and weep in this season or whatever season it is that you need that and know that God is in it with you. That doesn't necessarily look like God is going to take it away or make it better or give you a reason or fix it. I don't know why bad things happen and I don't know that I ever will. I don't know that any of us ever will. But that all things happen for a reason just isn't true. And it's actually dismissive um, and so toxic. And when someone is suffering and you say, all things happen for a reason, like you lost your child for a reason. You lost your loved one for a reason. You're sick for a reason. It just, it's kind of disgusting. Um, I don't want to be sick for a reason. I don't, I don't want to find the good in feeling this way. I don't want to find the good in losing someone that I love. The, that, that thing is hard and I need to be able to sit in that and let it be hard and be sad and be broken and feel that feeling. And by dismissing it and saying like, you have to find the good and be positive. We're actually making the anxiety worse. We're actually making that feeling of grief and pain and fear worse. So you have permission to grieve and to question and grapple with life. Prayer is a versatile tool ready. However, and whenever you may need it. And prayer shouldn't make us feel guilty. It shouldn't make us feel like we don't have enough faith. It shouldn't make us feel less than or invaluable. Prayer is to set us free. <laughs> it doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to look a certain way. What sets you free? What brings you peace? That is prayer. It doesn't have to look like sitting and speaking with a divine reverence to this holy being. It could be art. It could be yoga. It could be mindfulness. It could be sitting by the lake with the wind blowing on your face. It could be screaming and pain and grief and weeping with no words at all. Each season, I think prayer can look different. As we grow and change, it shifts to be what we need for that season. In that moment, where is it that you can find peace? That is prayer. Um, that's Like I said, it was going to be kind of short and sweet today. That's really kind of all I have. Um, but let's pray one last time and then we can go. God, I just thank you um, for this opportunity. Thank you for giving me peace and for teaching me how to be with my pain and with my suffering and with the emotions for the season. I don't always get it right by any means. Um, and I definitely have a tendency to run and pretend like it's not there. But Lord, help all of us today to acknowledge our pain and our suffering um, and our lament and sit with that. And um, just see it for what it is, as pain, as difficult. And know that it doesn't have to just disappear. It doesn't have to, we don't have to find the good in it. We don't have to believe and buy into the toxic positivity. We can just be and we can lament and sit in that for as long as we need to and there's no timeline there's no like magic end button 
it just is until one day it's different and we don't know when that one day is we don't know what it's going to look like when it is different maybe we'll go from one painful season to another painful season but whatever it is um, it won't be this way forever and that hope even though it's tiny and sometimes it seems like it's non-existent that's really all we have right now some of us maybe all of us amen um so thank you so much guys i just um grace and peace be with you as you go into whatever season you're in um, i hope you're able to find some peace in this today